Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us. I am one of your hosts, Arlene Cahet, and my beloved is with me today. Want to say hi, beloved? Hi, beloved. Hi, beloved. Hi, beloved. Hi, beloved. Hi, beloved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and his name is King Teasdale. So we want to welcome you to One Love, One Connection, One Ask Presents. And today we are talking about moving beyond misery in relationships. But before we get started, we're going to get ourselves prayed in with the Anapakoa prayer. We give thanks to Thomas Shalad Walker for providing us with the opportunity to use this prayer for all of our shows. Uh, If you want to follow him or connect with him, you can reach him on Facebook. And at some point in his experience, he is going to do an album with the prayers and a a number of other musical selections that are about divine love. But Let us go ahead and listen to the prayer, and we will be right back. Long 
um, what that was. And it was a red table talk with, um, uh, if you're familiar with the show, it's on Facebook Watch with Jada Pinkett and her, mo her mother and her daughter, Willow. And they were talking about, or specifically Jada was talking about how oftentimes the the part of her, the part of her, the ego, if she felt hurt, fearful, whatever that intense reaction would be, if if once that feeling came up, the reaction was to go into the ego. And the ego would take over, and that the, when the ego takes over, the ego could be really, really nasty, and that you really did not want to deal with that Jada that was that got into the ego mode, that got into the defense mode to, well, I'm going to show you. Um, and what I wanted to do with this particular show is to talk about how to move out of that space in that area because what will happen is if a person gets into that role of the ego, all they do is cause chaos and destruction within the relationship, within all relationships. I've done it. I think that we've all done it on some level in some way, shape, or form. Um, but let us talk about how to move beyond that. But before we do that, let me, you know, ask my beloved King Teasbell what his thoughts and opinions are about that. Well, you know, one of the things I think is important is to recognize that ego does not aim for the greater good of the whole. It's all about the self. In relationships, what do you see in comparison to what you want to see? Because hurt people hurt people. That's plain and simple. And I think it's important for people to recognize that pain begets pain. So in dealing with the truth of what your desire is in the development of a relationship, always be considerate of what can be painful, what will induce fear, what will create the emotions that you do not want to have or see. Because in relationships, it's going to happen. But the key is moving beyond that misery because every action is going to produce a reaction. Every truth 
can be a positive thing, but if you're playing games and you're not dealing in the truth, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And you never know how long the consequence is going to last because the consequence has its own life and it will mess yours up. And you have to get your footing. And once you get your footing, then you can discover what's necessary in order to get the relationship back into a a proper alignment. Okay. So, um, I guess before I start talking about the solutions, one of the things that I I will bring up is, like, why do we get into this place of the ego? So when you have a situation where you are feeling betrayed, um, hurt, it is important to take a look at that. Now, in the moment, it may not necessarily be the best time because you're caught up in those feelings of the hurt of of the other person, you know, the of what what is perceived as the other person's offense. And when you look back at that, one of the things that after you've gotten to a place where you're not feeling so reactionary, um, one of the best things to do is to look at that and ask. What what experience have I have I had that this feeling has come up before? Because I did not like this per I did not like what this person did. I did not like this person's behavior, um, and and I'm feeling it, it. It is throwing me back into this place where these feelings are coming up again. One of the things that one of the things that is empowering about that is that when you take an actual when you actually take a look at that and you look at where it comes from, it gives you it gives you more power to operate in a place of honesty and sincerity with sincerity with that reaction that you had. So that you don't go into the destructiveness that the ego would cause to the relationship, because essentially, uh, and the reason, and here's what I should state is the reason why you do not want to go into that place of the ego, and it the ego's destructive behavior is because when you do harm to others, you are you are doing harm to yourself, and. There, there are multiple layers that that are being addressed there. But you are the thing that you need to keep in mind is that you want to honor honor the soul, honor your 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 spiritual divine self. But understand that that person who is reflecting back to you this experience sometimes whatever that betrayal has, that you've experienced 
really has nothing to do with you or the behavior itself may not actually have anything to do with you and has to do with what's going on within them. And that it may not have been something that was personally intended to cause you pain or suffering or whatever the case may be. Even if it is uh, a situation where the person cheats, the cheating really has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the individual that did the cheating and whatever is going on within them. And that's not necessarily a reflection on you. But you yourself, the person who is feeling that that sense of betrayal, that, that, that pain and that hurt, you need to take a look at that at what the cause is and start that process of addressing what that may be, um, be it through therapy, be it through relationship work, where you start learning different patterns of behavior in order to have a more functional and, a, and a have a relationship that is more geared towards healing. When you have the, when you actually take a look at where your, where your bumps and bruises are, where, whatever that button it is that that other individual has pushed, then you have the opportunity to address what those things um, may be and have an opportunity to heal them. And after you've after you've done that part of actually figuring out where that comes from, and mind you, I'm not saying that you have to go through all of the, you know go through that process of going through a therapist and what have you, but what you can do is after you've calmed down and you talk to the other person, <laughs> and hopefully the other individual has enough emotional you know maturity to actually deal with this and say. Look, when you did X, Y, Z, that that action that you took threw me back into a space of feeling feeling betrayed or hurt. This is something that has taken place in my experience. And my request of you is that you not do it again. Now, understand that the only thing that you can do is make a request of the person because one of the things that I think is a misconception in many relationships is that the other person is there to complete them or the other person is there to make them feel good. And the truth of the matter is, is that there are two whole beings who are coming together, two people who are sovereign, two people who have desires and goals. And the thing is, is that when the coming together is an additional expansion of the you know, the light of the creator. However, <laughs> they are still their own individual beings. And the only thing you could do is make the request. So, and the thing is, is that oftentimes when I've been, I, when I watch the show, you know, and we're, we're talking about divorce court, we're talking about people going ahead and doing some stuff that 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 is running down the road of crazy, which is burning up people's clothes, throwing their things out the windows, burning them up. 
um, marking up people's cars. I mean, these these things can actually put you in jail. <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is do anything that is going to interfere with your freedom. And the other thing is, is that uh, oftentimes people are driving down the road and, like, following the other person and, and being in that state of misery of the expectation that that other individual is going to do something and they want to be able to catch them and be able to see it. That is some, that is, that is running down the road of crazy. And that is truly operating in the space of the ego running amok. But, you know, let's, let's hear from, from King I, cause I know I've been on the soapbox for a minute here. So let's hear from Ken. What do you have to say? Okay, let's talk about the realism of the misery. You know, we talked earlier this week about this word called screw. And um, the realism of the misery is like this. Respect and consideration got screwed. When the misery is present, that's what happened. Respect and consideration got screwed, and somebody don't care about it on one side or the other side or both sides. And when that happens, people get crazy. I know because I was there. I know of the misery, and I recognize how painful that misery can be. But I know that there is a God force that will keep you at a place of sanity so you don't lose your freedom or your life. I'll give me an example. When I was in a horrific relationship, that woman left the house after I did all I needed to do for her, and I couldn't find her. And the respect was gone. It was like she said, mm, she used a curse word to that mm, Another cut for it. And I did not appreciate it. I was drinking. And I was pissed. <laughs> so I was hunting people down. Because I was going to find out what I needed to do. Here we go. Yeah, I had my Cadillac. Silver. Riding the streets like a madman. The light was changing, and I didn't care. I stepped on the gas, and I flew right through it. And somebody had the nerve to blow their horn at me. You know what I did? I said, can But see, I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was acting like they was wrong. The way it was red, I do it. But I did not give a goddamn. That same night, so as you know, uh, I, I, I messed up the car enough to where I had to go home. Because where the street was supposed to turn left or right, nobody told me. I thought the street was going straight. <laughs> Somebody was beside me and looking at me like I was crazy. And I was looking at them, I was like, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> I kept going straight. And when I saw that there was a straight up curb right there, I said, ah! So I had to uh, think real quick. So I stepped on the brake, knowing that that wasn't going to work, and I immediately came off the brake and jumped the curb and left the tire. But I went across the sidewalk, went across the grass, to the other parking lot, and fortunately enough, I had a spare. <laughs> so I changed the tire, and I straightened the fender, and I went home. <laughs> <laughs> but all of this was in the mindset of being pissed because I felt there was no consideration to the things of which I had done in the relationship, that there was no respect to me whatsoever. And the ego was definitely there. So, like I said, I was drinking. I went home and uh, oh, that was the same night. That was the same night where I decided I was going to go home and get, yes, there is a dark side of me. <laughs> I was going to go get the gun. I had a rifle. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. And I was going to go home and get that. But I was saying to myself, I don't deserve this shit. I don't deserve this shit. I started banging on the dash. And I, the dash wasn't enough. And so I started banging on the windshield. And when I broke the windshield... I got mad again because I was like, how am I going to get a gun with a broken windshield? The police might stop me. I better go home and sit my ass the tablet down. <laughs> so so that, that's what I did. Um, and I'm going to tell you what was so crazy about that. I'm not going to get into the rest of the story that particular night, but I was home by myself that particular night. And I was living in the corner of the house, if you will, because the relationship was really, really bad. But I drunk myself to sleep, if you know what I mean. So when I woke up, I looked out the window, and her Camaro was out down there in front of the house. And I was so daggone happy. 
that I got up from the floor, walked upstairs to the bedroom, and I jumped into the bed. I was just so happy to see her. And she said, you've been drinking, haven't you? You smell like a drunk. <laughs> I said, yeah. And I went back to sleep. <laughs> I wasn't worried about no argument. I wasn't worried about nothing. I was like, I, I, I went through some things that particular night, and there were some reconciliations I had done with myself because I met my other self that night. So I guess I will share this part because we had actual phones that connected to the wall that had receivers that you could pick up and hold in your hand, and it had a base. So it was a two-part phone that had a wire that connected the receiver and the base. In case you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it was something close to Ma Bell experience. Anyway, when I was on the phone trying to contact this person, I heard this come out of my mouth. I said, all I'm trying to do is love you. And I'm sure you don't want to see my hate. And I heard the word hate, 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 hate. And I said, oh, my God. I grabbed the receiver and I slammed it onto the phone. And I said, who is this guy? And I actually backed up into the corner, afraid of my own self. And I had another beer. And I went to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So I would give all these a phone. I just had to share that experience with you guys. The misery... Oh, yeah, I know that guy. I do. But the key is about moving beyond that. And I think that particular night, when I recognized that word hate kicked in like it did, I knew that isn't the me that I wanted to be or that anyone else would have wanted to see. So I had to remember what I wanted to see of who I really am and not allow ego or the devil himself to pop up in that relationship and mess everything up worse than what it was. Not on my side. I tell you, I tell you. All right, then. Okay, so one of the one of the ways of moving beyond the 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 pain and the misery, like I said earlier, is to be in that place of acknowledging it, acknowledge the pain, acknowledge the hurt, uh, because the the ego <laughs> and when, and the because the the ego ego's tendency is to rise up and cause a person to go into action 
and and do things that are destructive, as as you can tell from <laughs> being so <laughs> And you don't want to be in in a place of letting your ego go run amok. I think I think the closest that I've I've come to that experience was I, I was dating this guy, and in hindsight, I realized that this this guy was in a place of trying to um, install me, or at least uh, at least get me in that place of you know playing mind games, and that's something that is something that people should be aware of too, is that you know, whether or not the other person is in a place of trying to provoke you. But let me set it up. What happened was the the guy that I was dating at the time, he had stopped calling me. And I actually, and it had stormed up, it, it had stormed where I was living, there there were streets that were actually flooded. And I was driving past his house to see if he was there because he was not responding to my telephone calls. <laughs> and I knew, I, I think I, I think it was also a situation where I knew that the guy wasn't, wasn't working that day. Um, and quite honestly, you know, I, I was young and foolish. Um, however, the there was in the relationship, the guy had this way of keeping me sort of off balance by by not being firmly, not being a solid person. Yeah, and I thought that. And the thing was is that all of the people that I had been dealing with up until that point, he really hadn't been in a place of being um, a solid a, a solid person. Uh, he also had, um, at, at the time, uh, he had, he was still, like, in love. He was always in conflict with the mother of his children, and they had that mama, baby mama drama, and, um, and also he... He had come from an, a, an abusive background where he had watched his mother get abused. So I realized, you know, after after getting out of the relationship with him, I realized, like, okay, if if I got involved with somebody, it, it would definitely be with a person who did not have that as a part of their their experience, or at least if they had that as a part of their experience, they were doing things that were you know, doing things that were far more healing or operating differently so that they could have a different experience. But, yeah, I was driving by the guy's house. It had stormed up, and I had a light bulb moment, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he had also... He had also said something really... I said something really mean to me later. But anyway, I was driving by the house, and I had this thought, like this epiphany of, like, I 
are not about to let this guy drive you crazy. Driving by this guy's house, Eileen, is crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> um, also, like, I, I think it was really after he had said something like, uh, you know, that he was not sexually attracted to me and I, I really was, I think I really was trying to get into that. My, he had said something to me like that afterwards. And I was like, well, shoot, I know that, hey, I know that sex isn't the only thing that, that a relationship is based off of, but it's a pretty big component. And if he's not sexually attracted to me, well, what are we doing? And so in my mind, it was over. I'll, you know, I just cut him off just like, okay, let me let me continue doing my school thing. Let me continue living my life. And I will tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, that was at that week afterwards, I realized that my life was quiet. I didn't have any drama. I didn't have any of this this stuff going on, and I realized that for this guy, um, that this was a pattern, that this was a destructive pattern, and that he would bring that craziness into my experience. So my, you know, I told my mother what had happened, and I told her, oh, it's over now, and she was like, no, it's not quite over. He's going to call you back, and I was like, I don't think so. I mean, he pretty much told me, and she was like, she was like, no, he's going to call you back. Well, he didn't call back. He showed up at my door <laughs> unannounced after two weeks of me not hearing from him at all. And so the conversation went something like this. Um and I, I will admit that I was looking tore up from the floor up, but I didn't care. <laughs> he, as far as I was concerned, he had lost all privileges to me trying to look pretty for him. Um, but I was I was talking with him, and and he says to me, um, "So you know you haven't heard from me in a uh, you know I haven't heard from you in a while." I was like, "Well, I don't know what you were expecting me." To say you had told me that you weren't sexually attracted to me, and I was like, I know that's not the only thing, but that's a pretty big component. So I figured that we were done, and he was like, Well, no, we weren't. We weren't done, and I'm like, uh, I, I I don't know. There's there's really nothing that you can really say. And I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the the conversation quite you know, quite definitively. I was like, but that is a a big thing, and that if you feel this way, then we should move on. You know, yeah, uh, I thought that that was your way of telling me no. Well, he was like, well, if you really thought that way, you should have called, reached out, and called me. I was like. Yeah, but you you're the one that said it. <laughs> so let me let me just sort of fast forward. So I was sharing this story with 
a person who is a quote-unquote, who had at one point been a quote-unquote player, and he says, he was like, he was like, there was another chick. <laughs> there was another woman that he was interested in. And he was, he wanted you to be in a place of trying to reach out to him, call him, and he would be telling his his fellows on the side, like, you know, I wish you would stop calling me. I wish you would stop doing all of this, you know, because I, I pretty much just told her that it was all, all over the day. He was trying to get into your head. And so, uh, and he was like, and what happened was he showed up at your door when things with the other chick did not work out. So he didn't want you to, he didn't want you to fall off. You weren't supposed to do that. It was like you made the right move by just cutting him off, but, you know, you weren't supposed to do that. That wasn't supposed to be the way it went down. But I will have, I will say that there was a part of me that was like, okay, I, that, that I guess my high, the highest aspect of myself was like, you know, this is, you are operating off of crazy in this experience. You need to you need to get off of this train. <laughs> and and so I did. But being able to being able to be in that place of of honoring your space, honoring your your thoughts and your feelings and and giving allowing space for that. Uh, is another way to avoid the misery. Because people will give you cues as to, you know, what it is that they are about. And there are ways to actually avoid memory, uh, misery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and memory, but misery. (laughs) You, You have anything to add? Well, I think it's funny. Your relationship experience tells me that this guy wanted you to stroke his ego by uh, giving him a call, asking what's wrong, and all that madness, right? But you recognized your worth, and you was like, snip. And that's what was up. Because you came to a place of recognizing your own worth. And it's important for people to really, really embrace their own personal value. So in relationship, always identify with your own self-worth. And not in comparison but in evaluating what that looks like on the the total collective of the relationship. Because you've heard people talk about relationships being 50-50, well, 25-75, well, and what have you. But uh, moving beyond misery in a relationship sometimes means moving out of the relationship because that may be the only way to get rid of the misery. (laughs) And, I mean, that's a reality. But if you feel as though there's value to the relationship and there's 
enough substance to operate in to make it a better experience, then you can work yourself through those things, but you can't do it if you're still locked in the past. Because being locked in the past means that I like the misery more than I like the the present. And if you start finding that you're telling yourself, I love the misery better than I love the present, then you're being crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that is something to be mindful of. There are people who are addicted to the misery because that is the paradigm that they, you know, I guess you could say the destructive patterns, the unwillingness to change, because these are things to also look out for too, Um, the unwillingness to, to address it, to honor honor, you know, the request that the person that that the the person who feels affronted or hurt um has made not actually addressing those things. Um, kind of it kind of is a sort of a, a tell as to whether or not this person is into the addiction of operating in misery. And, and and when you think about it, I mean, the I guess the culture scape in and of itself, be it in the media, um, be it in the observation of the relationships that individuals have with one another, oftentimes that seems to be the only thing that we see. Um, and... It is a concerted effort on your part to actually break out of that. But if you feel see that the person is unwilling to address whatever ever it is that is going on, then that is an indication as to their addiction to being in the misery, into being in the the cycle of of I guess you could say destruction into that cycle of misery and and not moving in beyond where it is. And and the thing is is that all of our relationships for the most part are going to show us where it is that our I guess you could say barnacles are <laughs> Those parts of ourselves that are, are prickly to the touch, and those parts of us that are very that are very soft because uh, soft. Those things that you know, your triggers are going to get triggered by most of your relationships. So, addressing, addressing. Again, we're going to go back over addressing where that part comes from in your past and actually acknowledging that and actually being vulnerable enough to let the other person know where 
where it is that you're soft at, what it is that they may have done that reminded you of the past, and what's your mental perception of that, and understanding that that is your mental perception of it is one of the ways to get a, you know, and it, it does come down to communicating and being honest and understand and know that those things will not heal, will not be addressed if you are unwilling to share the information with the other person. Thank you, Arlene. I think that was beautiful. <laughs> All relationships, no matter whether they are intimate relationships or not, all relationships are learning experiences. That is what you have to identify in every relationship that you have, every relationship that you've had, and every relationship that you will have. If you are expecting greater out of your current relationship, you must become the greater person than what you used to be. You learn in order to evolve. When you evolve because you must, you will become a better person. But you need to understand what you will not accept in your experience and what you reject that is not to your better good. You got to honor your own self-worth. It's a key to recognizing the place of your own peace, the place of your own Sanity. Because you don't want to go mad. You don't want to be in a mad place. You don't want to be in a experience of being a mad man or mad woman. Because it's going to affect your whole chemistry of not only where you are now, but it's going to carry over into other relationships if you don't recognize what you are to learn from what you have experienced. Because if you don't learn what you are supposed to learn in the experience, you will repeat the experience again and again and again until you learn from the experience. So if you one of those people who say, you know, I keep getting these boyfriends that just... Uh, I don't know, they all seem crazy. What is it that you're not learning? Because it's just like going to school. If you keep repeating the fifth grade, you're not going to make it to middle school. <laughs> and if you make it to middle school, because they're tired of seeing your face in elementary school, you're not going to be at the speed that is necessary to be in middle school so you can get to high school. As an analogy, of course. 
Okay, so the next thing to recognize is that the person there isn't really there for um, isn't there to make you make things better for you or make you feel better. You're coming in with your own energy. You are coming in with your own presence. Um, and that that they themselves are their own sovereign beings. Now, there are things that you're just simply going to do for one another because you are, are wanting to make the lives of each other better. Now, I want to say the person's purpose is not to make you feel better. But if the person is making you feel better, go ahead and get some of that. <laughs> All right. But that's not their purpose for being there. So just be mindful that Arlene is making a point here, and I'm going to give her back to home. <laughs> so their their purpose is their purpose for being in your life is not to make you feel better. But if they happen to do that, if you just enjoy being around them, then all well and good. But but just know that, that that isn't their main purpose and that isn't their main goal and that and that they still have their own sovereignness. And understand that there is a possibility that they are not going to meet all of your desires and goals, that they're going to be your all and your everything. And I think that that is a bill of goods that human beings are sold uh, for the most part, that that other person is going to complete you and completely fulfill you. And and understand that know that that your your journey with them that you are still going to have outside interests, that you're still going to have you know, there are parts of yourself that you are going to have to be able to fulfill on your own. I'm not necessarily saying getting involved in another relationship but developing other interests um, to understanding yourself more, to having a deeper relationship with yourself. And I think the, the one of the primary ways of doing that is by actually, you know, uh, you know going into the, a deeper connection with the one that has created you, the having that deep connection with the creator so that you could be the so that the creator can show you who it is that you are so that you can be a fuller expression of who it is that who it is that you are and that you bring the best of yourself into the relationship I agree wholeheartedly People don't recognize it, but it's true. If a person isn't experiencing the best of what you are, 
then it's because you're not tapped into what makes you better. Relationships are designed to help you grow. If you're not growing, there's a good chance that the hindrance could be based on your pot is too small for your roots to grow. And if your pot is too small for your roots to grow, you're going to be root-bound. It's it's an analogy to a plant, just in case you guys, if I took off on a tangent. Um, But I don't want to confuse anybody in saying that if you're not letting your roots grow, there's a problem with that. Because you have to recognize limitations as well as um, respect the relationship that you're in, respect the individual that you're with, identify the compatibility factors that you have, the mutuality that is there, and make the agreements that are necessary for the growth of the relationship. All relationships should grow. A relationship should never remain stagnant because that's when it starts to stink because there's not something flowing like it ought to. There should always be a flow of positivity and growth. That's one of the reasons why people talk about go out on dates on a regular basis, remember the things that brought the relationship to be the thing that you desired in the first place. To me, it's all about showing love and maintaining love and continuing the process of love. Because if you're not living love, you're living something else, and that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, I think that's it for tonight. Yay! (laughs) And so I guess we had made two main points. Understand that you're a sovereign being and look back at where the hurts came, um, where the hurts, where your own hurts came in so that you can actually properly address them. Looking back into your past, seeing where your triggers are, and bringing that forward so that you have an opportunity to connect with your mate so that, so that, you know, the triggers don't get triggered as much. And so that you have the opportunity to actually heal that and go into therapy and actually address it. But we're going to go ahead and call it a night. And just know, do you want to say anything else before we go off the air? No, I do not. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Just know that we love you. We appreciate you. We give thanks to God. God for you, and we know that wherever you are, God is. That's right. That's what I wanted to say. That's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next week.
palm of my two hands Hold each other That feels different From when your hands are in mine That's just the way it is And when my voice is screaming out To my own ears That feels different From when I hear yours just the way it is And when I'm standing in this mirror After all these years What I'm viewing is a little different From what your eyes show ya I guess I didn't see myself before ya Moving forward A subtle power A tough Much to bear. And I've got the world. 